You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Dot church. While you're there, download our Sound of Heaven mobile app. We've got all of our teachings on there. Uh, we've got a digital Bible so that you can use that to follow along here. Uh, and uh, what am I missing this morning? Just a lot of good stuff. I say it every day. If you haven't downloaded the app, download the app. It's a great resource to have in your pocket. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. We don't want you to miss anything. We're going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are in Matthew chapter 14. So yesterday, we studied out the first part of Matthew 14, which is kind of like a cut scene. It brings us over to find out what happened to John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, right, he uh, served God in a mighty way in the desert, bringing a baptism of water and a message of repentance and clearing the way for Jesus but uh, John the Baptist uh, meets his demise when he goes after Herod. Herod uh, ends up beheading him uh, because he takes an oath that he shouldn't have taken, frankly. Uh, but what we really pulled from yesterday was that Herod did things for the crowd. He did things selfishly for himself, right? But he also did things out of fear for the what the crowd was going to uh, do and say. And when we focus on things, uh, when we focus on worrying about what other people think uh, versus what God thinks and what God wants for our life, then we can get ourselves in trouble. Well, now, as we ended yesterday, we see Jesus hears about uh, the fact that Herod is believing he is John the Baptist reincarnated, right? Herod's all over the place. He has no idea what's going on. But Jesus, using wisdom, says, I'm going to leave the area and I am going to go. And and where we start off here is Jesus just trying to find a place for some quiet. And we know that Jesus spent a lot of time in quiet with God. And we know that that drove him. You say, well, why did Jesus have to pray? Well, Jesus was fully man and fully God. He had flesh just like you and I do. He had temptations just like you and I do. And he had to draw on the power of the heavenlies to help him to get through, right? Because that is what we lean on. We lean on the spirit and not the flesh. The flesh will get us in trouble. What we feel, what we want to do, those things will lead us down the wrong path, right? And even the Apostle Paul said, don't focus on what is seen, which is temporary, all physical. Focus on the unseen, which is eternal, right? Focus on God. If you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, what? Everything else gets added to your life. So Jesus tries to find some solitude, but of course, the multitudes have a different uh, idea. And we are going to once again study the iconic story of the feeding of the 5,000. We also covered this in John chapter 6. So if you want to get a little bit different take of this, 
I would say go back. And there's something that God really put on my heart this morning to pull out of this one here. And that's the beauty of God's word, right? Is, is that we could go through the gospels over and over and over and over again, and we are going to extract amazing things every single time because we discover in God's word his true nature, and we discover that through Christ. And when you discover God's nature, you realize that it is a deep, deep well of uh, wisdom and knowledge and understanding the depths of his uh, love for you and I. Okay, so let's get into our study this morning. Uh, where we are in Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 13. It says, when Jesus had heard what happened, that what happened to John the Baptist, and the fact that Herod was believing that somehow he, as he was going through Galilee and, and doing all of these miracles, that he was somehow the reincarnation of John the Baptist coming back to get him, uh, Jesus withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He didn't leave out of cowardice, cowardice not, not at all. Jesus didn't need to be worried about what people could do to him, but he knew the timing of his mission, uh, and he knew it wasn't yet his time to be arrested or face anything like that. So he goes to a solitary place. Now, hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a very large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So once again, we have Jesus just trying to get some, trying to get some alone time, just trying to get some me time. And all of us parents know what that is like. Seems like the kids wait to ask all their questions uh, right about the time you're going to get some alone time, go to the bathroom or whatever. You know how many times you get the knock on the door and it's like, what? Give me a minute. Um, but Jesus, we see this here. We see this when he was just looking for a place to sit down and eat in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, we see this when somewhat when he in Matthew chapter 13, he just goes back to his hometown and he's you know kind of rejected there and he's facing. It, it, it seems like Jesus is constantly being interrupted. But remember, we know Jesus spent hours a day with the Father in prayer, and that should guide us uh, in our own right to seek that time with God, because there is going to be times, especially if you live out a life in ministry where you're tired, <laughs> you just you just want uh, you just want to kick back, you just want a, a breather, and there's going to be a call on you to do what you don't necessarily feel like doing. Now we don't we don't see that here in Jesus. We don't see Jesus complaining or griping or anything like that, but guess what? We see the disciples uh taking a little bit different tune here. So it says as evening approached, this is verse 15, the disciples came to him and said, "This is a remote place. It's getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food." So very convenient. The disciples say, these people got to be hungry. Send them out, send them away. But Jesus replies, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. So the Jesus is challenging two things concerning the disciples here. He's challenging their compassion and he's challenging their faith. And what are they doing? They're making excuses, right? They're saying, you know, it's too late. 
it's it's it, this is a desolate place. I don't know if we've got the right place. In a minute here, you're going to see them say we don't have we don't have everything that we need. And it, you know they have already seen Jesus do some incredible, incredible miracles. You have to think at this time they've seen Jesus turn water into wine. They've seen Jesus heal lepers. They've seen Jesus do the impossible every single time. And they're with Jesus. So it's not a question necessarily. I, I believe these excuses are not because they don't think Jesus can. They don't feel like sticking around for this. They don't feel like sharing the Jesus that is with them. I hope you pick up what I'm putting down here. They, they, don't, they don't feel like it. But Jesus looks at the crowd with great compassion. And there's so many miracles that we, so many messages, excuse me, that we can talk about in here. We can talk about the miracles that he's about to do with the bread. We can talk about multiplication. Go back to, again, our study in John chapter six. I give three totally different takeaways from here. But what I really want to focus on is the compassion for the crowd. Because that in itself is a miracle. That in itself is a challenge for the church. It's a challenge for all of us to look at the crowd, to look at the world, and to look and maintain a sense of compassion for what you see. And what we see a lot in the church is a lot of condemnation, a lot of frustration with the world, a lot of you know wanting to um, pull back and just be alone. Our walk in life is very much us and God. But what we do is not just for us and God. We are vessels. Vessels are to be poured into and poured out of. And the disciples, they've, it's funny, they don't really need to do much here. They just need to get out of the way and let the Jesus that is with them get to work. I remember this is going back, it's going back, I don't know, 16, 17 years now. I had started a job at, at a place and and uh, I had a lot going on. Financially, I wasn't doing very good because I was just starting new employment. Um, you know, I was just trying to get acclimated to a new job, which quite frankly, I was I was underqualified for, got the job anyway, by the grace of God, uh, which kind of propelled me into an, another uh, career path, which I, I still uh, am in very much today to some extent. But I remember uh, I this is one of the times in my life I heard an audible voice. It was right before Thanksgiving, right around this time. and. I heard, you know, feed the people, right? And, uh, you know, feed people. And I just was overwhelmed. And I, I started looking to my cubicle mates around me and just saying, hey, you know, I've, this sounds really strange, but God wants us to feed people. Uh, and, you know, do you want to help? And they looked at me kind of funny and they said, okay, let, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, that act of obedience started to spread around the office. And next thing you knew, we had enough food in three days to feed hundreds of people. And that kicked off something which we did every year. And by the way, it still happens in Atlanta today. Probably anywhere from 500 to 1,000 people get fed on Thanksgiving morning. And they don't even know how it started. I was talking with my, a buddy of mine a little while ago, which uh, you know, was in the cubicle next to me. And we, we smile and, and realize that that small act of obedience, so many people came together 
that it was almost effortless to see it happen. And year after year, I could tell you testimony after testimony. We did that. I did, was down there for about five years doing that and handed it off. Still happens today. It's still running. It's just amazing. So just, and then why do I bring that story up? It's because I, God allowed me to be compassionate for the crowds. And I could have just said, you know, well, well, you know, it's Thanksgiving morning. I, I don't know. I got a lot going on that day. Or, you know, well, there's soup kitchens out there. There's people feeding people. No, God says, feed my people. Feed the crowd. And if we could leave here today, maybe just looking at the world a little different, because you're going to walk out of wherever you are today, and you're going to be in the crowd, whether it's your office, whether it's a supermarket, whether it's whatever. We have to realize that people are hungry. They're hungry. They may not know they're hungry. They may be filling up with other things in their life. But we have the bread of life. We have the Jesus that's with us. So I'd rather help people get full on what has fulfilled my life than to send them away. Let's continue reading here. Jesus replies, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And then here's the excuse. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Jesus says, bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000. Now, 5,000 besides the women and the children. Let's just say there was the same amount of women, same amount of children. We're talking 10 to 15,000 people. But I want to point out something here. The disciples, they needed a lesson in being compassionate for those who were seeking and who were hungry. And Jesus not only healed them, but provided for them. And that's a testament to you seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added onto your life. Allow Jesus to heal the areas of your life that need to be healed. And then what happens? The very basic necessity of us is food. We need to be taken care of. And Jesus himself says, don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll wear. God takes care of the fields, takes care of the birds, takes care of everything. He'll take care of you. But a lot of times how God takes care of you and me and them is through us, us being the vessels. And here's what I love. And here's how I want to end with this point. The disciples, they needed a lesson in compassion. They also needed a lesson in faith. They said, we don't have enough. And check this out. I'm going to go back to it. We're going to wrap up our 1% today. It says they all ate and were satisfied. So not only did they all get a little bit, they were fully satisfied. And check this out. The disciples picked up 12 baskets that were left over. Not only did they have enough for those who were in front of them, Jesus sent them away with a basket each to point to the point where they could continue. There was enough to keep going. <laughs> Sometimes we don't think we have enough just to do what we need to do in the day. Sometimes we just don't feel like it. 
But if we trust the Jesus that is with us each and every day, and by the way, the Jesus that is with us is with us every day, same as walking with them more powerfully, by the way, because Jesus is inside of you. In the Old Testament, God would come to his people. In the new covenant, in the kingdom, Jesus comes through his people, through me and through you. They had enough to feed the people in front of them because of God's multiplying power. They had enough to keep going. You have enough. The question is, will you have the faith in God to know that you can be used mightily by him? Will you have the resilience to say, I'm going to live a life that has a purpose greater than myself, even when I don't feel like it. And will you look upon, since we are the, the hands and feet and the eyes of Jesus, when you look at the world, what do you see? And I'll tell you, when I look at social media, I get temporarily disheartened sometimes by what are coming out of the mouths and through the keyboards of my brothers and sisters out there. Because we think that the world is doomed. And if there's any sect of human beings on this planet who should have hope greater than any circumstance that's going on in this world, it's me and you. So with that hope, are you willing to have compassion on the crowd and to share the Jesus that is with you? That's my charge for you today as you go out into the world. As you go out amidst the crowds, you're not just one of the crowds. You are a provider of hope. You are one who has authority and power because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Christ. Therefore, we go and we share that, that ministry of reconciliation, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5 that God loves us enough that we can be reconciled unto him. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Be an ambassador for Christ today. Be a messenger of hope. Be a provider. And by the way, being able to supply somebody's physical need in the moment, just like this, is an incredible platform for God to speak. Sometimes we have to meet people at their physical needs to get the opportunity to meet them at their spiritual needs. Amen. So I hope that charges you to go out and be Jesus today. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you give us a stronger measure of faith and compassion in our life so that when we look at the crowds, even those that are somewhat, uh, that are hard to love, Lord, we know that we're hard to love sometimes too, but help us to look on them like you look on them. Help us to be your eyes and your ears and to see people and see this world the way you do, Father God, so that we would be moved to share you with the world. Because we know, just like this crowd was following, looking for answers to something, we know every single person that we meet is seeking answers. And that answer is inside of us, you, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, 
New York. I invite you to check us out, soh.church. We're going to continue through Matthew chapter 14. I'm pulling together uh, some great teachers. We're going to do an overview of Matthew so far, so look out for an announcement of that. But you're listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where, hey, 100 starts with one. Let's go out to the rest of the day and have compassion for our brothers and sisters and neighbors. Love you guys. Have a great day.